Welcome to the award-winning Disrupt Education podcast, a podcast that explores the latest innovations and trends in the world of education. I'm your host, Peter Hostrosser, along with Allie Privet. We're both educators. Okay, one of us is a former educator, and we were tired of the status quo and wanted to create a space where we could have conversations that aren't always in the public eye. Join us as we talk to other disruptors, educators, researchers, and thought leaders who are pushing the boundaries and challenging the way we were taught. We're thrilled you're here to be part of a not-so-underground movement to disrupt and amplify the good pieces in education. Whether you're a teacher, a parent, or a lifelong learner, there's a story for everyone on Disrupt Education. We're here each week to bring you stories from all over the globe of people doing education differently. Buckle your seatbelt, get on the disruptor plane as we climb to altitude before letting this episode free fall straight to your ears. Hey there, I'm Allie Privet. And I'm Peter Hostrosser. Calling all educators. Are you searching for an extraordinary tool that won't break the bank? Look no further than Propello. They blend exceptional standards aligned curricula, pedagogy, and technology with unparalleled flexibility and personalization, empowering every student to soar. Discover why teachers are raving about Propello's features, such as inquiry-based learning that engages students in hands-on, real-world ways translations to a hundred plus languages and a wealth of resources like read aloud and even leveled text options. And here's the best part. Propello is absolutely free for teachers. Get ready to revolutionize education. Join the community of teachers embracing Propello's free tool. Head to propello.com. Welcome back to the Disrupt Education Podcast. We, are we full summer mode? Are we full summer mode? I mean, I don't know if I am, Allie. I know you've been summer mode for like a year, so. <laughs> what What even is full summer mode? I mean, I it's, it's this feeling of freedom. So in that sense, yes, I have <laughs> been in that space for a little bit. Um, what does full summer mode mean to you, Peter? Yeah, um, I think I think it's when you wake up and you have your whole day to plan for yourself uh, and your family, obviously, you know, so there's just different things going on. My daughter is starting driver's ed. So everybody pray for me there. Uh, anytime you have any kid and I don't mean, you know, my, when my son went through it, pray for me there. It doesn't matter. So I don't I don't differentiate teens driving in general scare the crap out of me. Um so uh no she's doing good we went driving the other day that's what free that's what summertime means um going to a couple ball games with my son um and traveling around we're actually uh coming up to uh the mille wake uh that's that's the old uh if anybody's ever seen uh the uh what is it um oh i just lost the movie um it's when uh, Alice Cooper says it in the Wayne's World. So Emile Wake. It's really funny scene for those You're old folks who know that. Yeah. So we're going up to Wisconsin. We'll be up there in a couple of days to see the uh, Brewers play. And uh, yeah, um, wife takes off to Italy and I get the, the kids and the dogs for 10 days. So doing good. That's summer mode for me. <laughs> summer mode. I like what you said about how you can wake up and plan the whole day yes yeah like i don't know 
Um, what if learning was you had more autonomy and could wake up and easily map out and plan the whole day without everything being kind of dictated for you? What would... I just, you know, starting off this podcast episode with that idea is really striking me yeah. because, um, you know, we had Amanda uh, on last week and the work at Propello is all about, you know, students and teachers having, you know, an easy way to kind of map out the learning that that reaches you where you're at. And Honestly, when I think about, you know, education, it's so like waffly. And if you if you haven't heard this analogy before, well, you're welcome. Okay. But there's like <laughs> there's this idea of like waffle people and spaghetti people. And I would and I would I actually would I'd have certain classes that would embody like a waffle personality. And other classes in general that would embrace more of a spaghetti personality and a waffle. There's there there's benefits to both, and and you can go back and forth. But um, waffles are you know they've got square, distinct spaces for syrup, and you know every every you know topic goes in a certain space, and it's for people who you know you say something, and that's where they put it in that box, and it doesn't go to another box. And so, like, if, you know, I was talking about ionic bonding in the classroom, we would stay on that topic. We'd get through the examples. They'd take their notes and, you know, the class, it would just go orderly. And then you would mention ionic bonding to someone and someone would be like 007 James Bond. And now we're talking about, like, movies. And those are your spaghetti classes where everything is just, like, all intermixed and anything can take you off topic and there's like wild usually wild connections that get made um and you have to kind of reel those classes in but um all of this to say that teaching can feel very waffly and you have to put things in certain boxes and there isn't necessarily a lot of space to be more spaghetti. And I think full summer mode is a little bit more spaghetti than it is waffly. <laughs> <laughs> you have me thinking of elf right now, right? Just put put the syrup on, you know, the the spaghetti. Oh my gosh. I, I love that. That's is a great analogy. Um, you know, I try to make a point of having at least one conversation with somebody um who's not in my immediate family um because we we talk all the time but um you know a day uh so i've been working with like derek griffin uh who's a dg sax he was my first guest uh, on the disrupt education podcast years ago i mean we still talk um you know and do some lives on linkedin and things like that because i want to see where a 26 year old is in the work world that i used to have in the classroom um i just talked to another a uh, person who is a manager um, in retail who I had in class. Uh, he's now in Dallas, um, you know, from Chicago. And, and we were talking yesterday. So I think like that, that is, I'm wondering if students or learners in general 
during the school year, we talked a little bit about bringing summertime into the classroom. Um, it, could could we have days where, all right, I know school is social. It's not, you know, let's not be around that one. That's It's a very social place. It's becoming more and more social. Um, but how can we get students to just talk to at least one different person a day? And, you know, and it could be around um ionic bonding is that what it was that was you know how i remember that you said james bond so i must be a spaghetti person so um but i think you know uh, when when we go back to what amanda was saying and, and talking about you know how teachers have more autonomy with this and then students can now even have choice in uh, a platform like this i think that's where it's going i mean it's got it has to right um we were talking about uh, at the end of the school year, the the podcast before Amanda came on about, you know, when AI jumps in, I mean, it, it's a regurgitates done. Like, I mean, it's you can it's been done for a while, but like, you know, now it's even more uh, so. So how do we get kids actively engaged in in human connections? And, and I think that's uh, where. You know, at least that's where Amanda and Propello was talking about. That's what they're doing. They're trying to set these. How do, how do we make spaghetti spaghetti? Keep it spaghetti um, and enjoy the spaghetti. <laughs> I sound like a chef. <laughs> spaghetti is good. And it's it's great for for creativity and for, you know, like, you know, think about throwing spaghetti on the wall. Like you can you can see things differently. There's a place to, you know, to have to have waffles, too. But the the other thing with um, Amanda's work at Propello and just that kind of idea of learning that is um, it's ease of use and um, and also it gives choice. And let's let's be honest, it's free. I, this is something that I like if you're not in the educational space, you may not know. But a lot of the resources provided to you as an educator are already determined for you. And um, they were probably expensive for the school district. And that money, right, like the school district then wants those resources to be used, even if they are not, they don't fit into, they don't allow you to do spaghetti. Like they're so waffly, you know, mm -hmm. um, and they can be really great resources. They can also be really like cumbersome and um, or not intuitive. I mean, I remember this one platform at one of the school districts I taught at, and it was it literally to get to the one thing myself and my students required needed like four different screens that you had to click. Can you, I mean, even for me, it would be like a memory that you have to click this little button and then you have to type this in and then you have to like, it was very non-intuitive, but it went along with the textbook. So I had to use it and it was like a resource um, for me. But when you're instructing, right, and Amanda talked about this, is that you can have so many different things you have to go for to, to create a lesson or create a unit um, worth of material. And so having a one place to kind of house that or create that, oh my gosh, it sounds amazing and incredible because I I can just think of all of kind of the all the the resources that kind of I got I don't want to say like it was bad, but there was like too many. 
It's like right. the cereal aisle. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, a lot of people may not understand this. Okay. I'm not a personal fan. This is like all this food analogies, I guess. But I like it though. Fan. We'll just go I, with it. I'm not a fan of the cereal aisle personally. There's way too many choices. Like I remember at one point, like, uh, you know, when I was an adult, you know, and I had my own budget where I could go decide what I want to buy at the grocery store. Okay. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) I was like overwhelmed by the choices. And I felt that every year as an educator and ed tech companies like have only become more prolific. Right. So I can't imagine not only like your teachers having to choose like what resources are going to be the best, but curriculum coordinators, um, district leaders who have to then like, I mean, there's like a bidding process and it's like, it's big money. It's Mm -hmm. big money for, for school districts and teachers. And then like, but teachers sometimes don't get, it depends on the size of your district and everything. Um, a lot of say in those resources, but they are told to use them. And maybe, you know, if you are an ed tech company, I don't know. I think less is more. Mm -hmm. I love Aldi. Because you know what? There's not that many cereal choices. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I eat oatmeal now anyway. <laughs> I actually do too. That's weird. That's disrupting that, oatmeal. <laughs> cereal, really? Like we both had it with the cereal aisle. I just think that there's a lot to be said about um, making, you know, these softwares, these resources really robust. And more free mm-hmm. i mean education like you know stop charging school districts an arm and a leg this is just you know my like call mm-hmm. clap back at like big ed tech companies <laughs> but you know and then i think you know we're in summer season don't make your teachers do if you're the school district doing all this like spend a week of their summer being sold to on like what is the best thing i don't know i this there's a lot in there what are you what are your thoughts <laughs> well i mean yeah i like the uh i haven't eaten cereal in years actually um it's funny because i am an oatmeal person as well i just have my oatmeal in the morning and um but uh i i see it kind of like that so even if you do need to go into a cereal aisle um, I feel like companies like Propello are like, okay, well, you're I'm trust me as the educator. And if there are three types of cereal, really high sugar, uh, I don't know, like wheat and and oatmeal. I don't yeah, like and and but then I can create something to give my students those three choices. All those cereals are gonna be there. It just eliminates what you don't need. Um, and it's easy enough for me as as the accountability partner in the classroom and then also giving students the autonomy to kind of go in and say all right i'm high sugar crazy love that love the high sugar stuff which trust me back in the day i would eat like crazy um but uh but now like you know you see the the effects right like so but even if students wanted to learn that let's just say they're in a health and nutrition class you know they can actually pick and then it creates something but the outcome may be they have to give uh, a presentation or a sales pitch for that cereal or whatever right but they have to understand that um and then it just guides you there right 
Um, because even if you go to the wheat route or the the healthy route or whatever, you still have to give the presentation at the end and you have to hit pieces. That's what I love about like softwares like this. Like the, it is, like you said, it gives and it has to be actionable, like learning. It has to it has to have a human connection um, and, and it has to have a, an outcome. Um, but also, I, I really like what you said about like summertime. Um, there is nothing more I love than to going to a week thing. Um, usually online or back at my school where there's dust everywhere and learning about something that I didn't choose said no teacher ever. Um, right. Like, so, you know, I think, you know, you know, companies that, that do that and actually, you know, and I got to give a spike view shout out too, because it's made to not charge the student, right. That it should always be free. Um, and I think that's a trend. Like, so what is right? Who's going to fund these things? Um, and, and there are ways to do it. I know because I've worked with a lot of ed tech companies, um, but that's when you know that they're real, right? Like they're not just, you know, I don't want to like say names, but like you're right. There are companies out there making hundreds of millions of dollars um, because there's politics behind it. Um, there is... You know, one one school does it. So everybody looks at that school, which I think is a, a terrible way to look at it. I, I really dislike when schools say, well, who else is using it? Well, I'm like, well, tell me like about what your culture at your school is. And I can see if this does fit in because we did mention that in that podcast with Amanda. She was like, what works in CPS, Chicago public schools, may not work in a suburban school or a rural school, which, you know, that's the understatement of the world. Like we have to understand like where people are, who who are our clients, who are our learners, what kind of access do they have or what kind of access are they missing, you know? And, and I think to put a ginormous one big waffle square, <laughs> just one waffle square, in for everybody. And I think that's where this is, this is what excites me about Propello and other companies is they're seeing that, Hey, wait a minute, like this, we can't make something that's going to hit only 30% of the people right in the middle of that bell curve. We can't do that because you have, even if it's 50, you're still missing half of your class. And you know, and I know if you're trying to teach a class where only half the kids are engaged Ugh, right. I mean, even I know some teacher out there. Well, I only have like 30 percent engaged, which is it's becoming more difficult. I don't want to, you know, you know, discount that. But to have uh, um, assets that are coming through with technology to help you and help the students really start to see, hey, this is a way that you can do it. Um, and then again, you become the accountability partner and you you create some interesting things with your students. I can't wait to where, you know, and I see it going this way. Maybe I'm letting something out of the box here for Propella. I don't know if they're going to do this, but like where you set aside, like here is something for you. You have to know ionic bonding. I'm going to stick with that. Dun, 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 Yeah. So like if you have to, you have to learn this and you have to create a lesson for it to teach somebody two grades below you or a couple of years, or maybe just in general, somebody who doesn't know that. I don't know ionic bonding. I'm sorry. I have to remember it. Um, but what would you do and how do you create it? You know, and then you have that happen within a classroom. 
that's where it gets amazing. It does because the the types of of teaching that um, is is really required because of where technology is at, um, it it needs to it it needs to be more than regurgitation. It needs to be more than um, you know stuff you can Google or chat GPT. And the other thing that I know we've talked about this, this was probably last fall with um, and certainly the pandemic, you know, had this ed tech bubble burst. Mm -hmm. Right. And and so I you I many of my teacher friends and and, and educators in the space have either looked into ed tech companies because they do tend to hire teachers. Um, but then I think last fall, you know, we had kind of that or winter, a little bit of a burst where a lot of those teachers who went that route um, got let go or, or dismissed from it. it was like, Oh, well, we got what we needed or who knows what the reason is totally. Mm -hmm. But there was a lot of layoffs and everything in that sector. Well, the the thing with not just ed tech but any kind of company or, or learning environment which arguably is every environment um having teachers and people who are trained at like taking information and disseminating it because you can have all these resources but if you don't understand how a classroom and like how learning happens um there's only so much those resources can do. It's like teachers are these major gap fillers, bridge builders. They are helping take any resource and making it come to life. And that's one of the things that stood out to me when Amanda was talking was that everyone there is um, a former educator or still an educator. And I don't personally know another ed tech company or, um, you know, kind of a, a paver of of helping teachers when every single person can understand what a teacher needs because they have been in that role and space. And I think every company and learning environment would benefit from somebody who has literally taught someone like ionic bonding a, a topic that means absolutely nothing to most people unless you've taken high school chemistry and like made it made sense made it relatable um has you thinking about james bond and electrons and you know all that fun stuff there's this element of you know storytelling and and getting people engaged but a resource can only do so much right and um and i think if you if you don't understand what an educator brings to the space to fill what any resource cannot do um your technology your resource your equipment any of that is going to collect dust um and be one of those sad cereal boxes <laughs> <laughs> you're a sad cereal box <laughs> that is wow i like that I, we need to like go ahead and copyright that. Like you're, yeah. Don't be a sad cereal box. You know, you're sitting in the back there. You know, 
your your past your your past your expiration dates the part of the box is like wilting away no um but it's true yeah. i think you hit it on the head why actually a lot of companies didn't stick around uh post pandemic um you know when you when you there was an immediacy like we needed to get everybody there so i think of dunkirk right like <clears throat> so for those who don't know in history like the uk sent a bunch of boats to Dunkirk to rescue their um, World War II, you know, fighters because the Germans were taking over the island, right? So in order to get these 200,000 plus troops off of the island, they actually put together like just you and I had a boat, we're going to go, right? And it was dangerous, but like, you know, that's the way they got people off the island. And so, but then after that, right? the people went back to fishing or whatever on their boats, right? I feel like that's what happened to ed tech, right? It was like, we need something really quickly. And everybody rushed in and tried to help all these different things. And some of them did, some of them didn't, some of them did some great things, some of them failed. But hey, you know what, we were kind of in an emergency situation there for a lot of people who didn't understand how to distance learn. Um, and then now we're kind of back to, okay, so what did we learn from it? How can we how can we continue to create autonomy in learning as well as hitting things that we need to hit and using technology or having technology as a piece of the pie, right? So, um, and then saving time. And we saw all these different things that, that were happening because we opened up the classroom, right? So I think, you know, with that being said, I know it's a world weird analogy. We went from, you know, bad cereal boxes to to Dunkirk. But hey, that's what we do here. Um, but uh, but, you know, kind of going through that, you know, and myself working with plenty. And I had like I was like, man, I would love to get out of the classroom and work for these ed tech companies and da da da. And it was it was a carrot. Right. Um, but what I think what I had to do is take a step back and see the bigger picture. Like, okay, what's happening here? Is this, you know, for somebody who lived through the dot-com bust, I'm like, okay, this looks a lot like dot-com, you know, like there's a, there's too many coming into the market. Some of them are going to live, some of them aren't. And kind of what Amanda was saying is, and we are, we're saying here is the, the companies that are going to live are going to be the ones that are authentic, right? They understand they uh, understand what's happening in a classroom. They understand the the neurological benefits of how technology can help and how it can hurt. Um, they understand the waffle spaghetti. Um, they understand what's happening in, in classrooms because they are not hiring teachers just to say they're hiring teachers. They're hiring teachers to give them, okay, tell me, tell me what it's like, you know? Um, and I've been involved with both type of companies. I've been involved of the money grabbers, and I've been involved with, um, you know, and these are just conversations not working for, but now I'm, I am working for uh, a company that is doing, you know, really understanding what, what do we need? What do, what do kids need? And then how do we get it to them or have them kind of find it? Um, and those are the companies, like you said, those are going to be the, the, uh, the corner caps at the Aldi selling the cereal. How about that? <laughs> They're going to be the Cheerios because yeah. they're going to stick around. Everyone's going to know their name. Right. <laughs> mm, I True. do like Cheerios. 
true. So it's been uh, an interesting school year in terms of uh, districts still pivoting, changing students. You know, I feel like we're in like this recovery mode from this um, sprint that that had to happen. Um, the dust is settling and the companies and the school districts that will continue to kind of be disruptors and, and push the envelope, I think are, this is a theme that's come out many times, but uh, Amanda definitely touched on it about trusting educators, um, less red tape, more autonomy and resources that are in alignment with that. So don't shackle your teachers to um, and students to learning in one waffle box. You can have all the waffle squares and those can be, you know, very valuable. Um, but I think that allows you, man, I just can't get the picture of Elf out of my head. <laughs> Eating spaghetti and waffles. Like you need both. <laughs> There's both. The syrup. Um, but like, you know what? Um, that that could be good. Somebody liked it. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly, Will Ferrell got really sick on set because he had to keep eating it. So I don't. You'd have to look that up, but I'm, I've heard that story. So, but of anything, you get used you know? to it, right? I mean, like my dog eats everything, and she's fine. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I love our analogies today. So, um, but, you know, I, you know, going along with what you're saying there, it really is um, ed, ed tech companies. Um, you know, honestly, I, I feel like I've never met one like Propello. I mean, I've never met people who are doing what they're doing um, to that level. Um, I honestly think that they're a leader when it comes to um really putting together this stuff, uh, these different pathways, you know, choose your own path and all these different things that can come out of this where um, I, I think what we in, in general and that we're secondary educators, um, you're a lifelong educator. Now you're like helping people, you know, change and stuff, but you have, you have to give them the confidence to make those choices. And then, you know, uh, they have it, but like to, to bring it out uh, from them. And then also, you know, really, help them build their own story through, you know, chemistry, through business, through whatever is teaching and get away from this learned helplessness. It's the biggest thing that I'm just like, and I feel like this is a platform and there's more platforms coming, but that are, that are helping students just get away from the learned helplessness. You don't need to ask me like create, um, experiment, you know, fail, screw it up, get back into it and let's see what happened. Um, like I said, everything is, is really a science experiment, right? Like everything does come out. Life is a science experiment, right? You, you either, you know, something, you know, goes haywire. And so you try to figure out what happened or something goes right. And you got yourself some really good oatmeal. I, I don't know. you know. So, um, but, you know, kind of wrapping up, um, yeah, what are that we're going to I know some of your final thoughts here, and this is kind of dangerous to ask you right now. <laughs> what are your final thoughts in the cereal aisle of life and learning? <laughs> cereal aisle of life and learning. Well, 
too much choice it's not a good thing mm -hmm. and um giving teachers that um ability to 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 pick and choose um you know their waffle spaghetti ways their slice of pie what other <laughs> foods did we mention um i think is is really helpful for the educational space. And I would add that um, if you're going to um, be in any kind of supporter role in the education space, have educators be part of the discussion. It would be like making a serial that tastes like spaghetti if you don't that now you're on to something <laughs> so i hope we didn't ruin everybody's lunch or dinner or whenever you're listening to this breakfast um but no i yeah you're right and uh i think that's really that's to the point right there um i'm curious to go even one more step um is there a place for students to help ed tech companies while they're in school i don't know interesting i'm gonna leave that out there <laughs> oh well one one last thing yeah full summer mode full summer mode of having the whole day to plan out and decide what you're going to do and learn can is possible in the fall winter and spring if only we imagine it there we go and that is going to be a wrap. We're going to walk out of the grocery store. We're going to put our get our quarterback in the uh, Aldi, like you know, the shopping cart. Uh, we're we should we're not even sponsored by Aldi. We should be sponsored by Aldi somehow. So, <laughs> but um, look, uh, if if you want to uh, kind of go back or go back to the um, the episode right before this one uh, with Propello and with uh, Amanda, it is incredible the way that um, they're doing some different things. It will open your mind. As a matter of fact, you just gave me an idea there, Allie, out of this entire last two episodes to think about, okay, how do I limit choices to students? Because I know I made that mistake this year in the classroom where the students had too many choices and they froze. Um, and, uh, you know, that's something, um, that, um, I'm actually reflecting on for the, uh, the summer as well. And I love that that just actually came out of this conversation. So hopefully you all have picked something great out of this conversation. Uh, leave a comment, uh, subscribe, um, connect with Allie or I, um, or both, uh, here, uh, on the podcast and LinkedIn or wherever. Um, and we are happy to have you. So thanks again for listening for Allie Privet. I'm Peter Hostrosser. Appreciate you all. Have a wonderful, restful summer, but we'll see you next week again. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of the Disrupt Education Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Are you ready to disrupt the educational arena you're a part of? For more ways to get involved in the work we do here at Disrupt Education, check us out at disrupteducation.co or find us on LinkedIn at Peter Hostrosser or Ali Privet. Our mission here is to help facilitate and amplify changes in the educational system through local initiatives and help you scale them into community movements. Our building network of disruptors in education are working to move beyond scores and grades 
as the only measure for student learning. If your school district, college, campus, or organization is looking for facilitators of this work, reach out on our website or social media. And if you have any thoughts or feedback on this week's episode or any episode, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep pushing the boundaries, taking risks, and most importantly, disrupting education.